This is uh, March 20th, 2023, and uh, it was 20 years ago today <clears throat> that uh, the United States invaded Iraq. And uh, also, it was just recently that uh, we passed the uh, one-year mark of uh, the war in Ukraine. And um, I thought I would ask you to allow me to air some of my mixed feelings about uh, the war in Ukraine and uh, our country's involvement in the war in Ukraine. Um, as we've been steadily fed reports on the war over the past year, I found myself considering the first precept, not to kill but to cherish all life. And I thought, I can't be the only one in the Sangha who's pondering the karmic consequences of our country's military support for Ukraine. Or, or what would be the karmic consequences of ending our support or not having um, given so much military support, staying on the sidelines. So I'm, 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 I want to just explore uh, the morality of all of this. Um, and uh, some of it will be point-counterpoint uh, of the, the Buddhist, I'll presume, to offer the Buddhist perspective on all this. So just to get the ball rolling, on the face of it, how could we not give military aid to Ukraine? It's a sovereign state, illegally invaded by the Russian Colossus, few countries, surely few countries beside Russia itself would claim that Ukraine is theirs to occupy. And we know there's a lot of history behind that. But wait, what would the Buddha say? Just to play on that bumper sticker, what would what would Jesus do? What would, what, would, what would the Buddha say? In fact, what did he say in the sutras? Or what did he purport to have said in the sutras? Uh, you know, we know that Zen has always been known as the teaching beyond words without reliance on the sutras. But still, you know, we could take that to mean not over-reliance on the sutras, not um, attachment to the sutras, because many of the greatest masters studied deeply the sutras and, and quoted the sutras. So we can wonder, you know, what the Buddha really said, uh, but uh, it's, it's, I think, a good place to start. In one of the uh, shortest and most famous of the sutras, the Dhammapada, again, these purport to be the words of the Buddha, he says, all beings fear violence, 
all fear death. Using oneself as a criterion, one should not kill or cause death. All right. The United States and other NATO countries and other countries have been causing death uh, to the extent that uh, we've been um, sending billions of dollars of military support to Ukraine. Here's another one. Um, just to sum up what some of the sutras say, uh, that Buddhism rejects violence in all its forms, from, its, from the uh, collective manifestation in armed conflict, war, to uh, the more individual, subtle stirrings of ill will. And of course we have our own first of the ten cardinal precepts. I refrain not to kill. I, 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 I cherish I resolve not to kill, but to cherish all life. Uh, so, broadly speaking, there's no question that Buddhism as a whole, for centuries, many centuries, has spoken out strongly against uh, violence and war of all kinds. But wait. Governments obtain their legitimacy in part from the ability to protect their citizens from ruthless aggressors. When a nation violates the rules of peaceful coexistence, the obligation to, uh, to restrain aggression may trump the obligation to avoid violence. And we see this in the the Charter of the United Nations sees physical force as a last resort, but condones its use when allowing the transgressor to proceed unchecked would have more disastrous consequences than that of resisting through military means. And still, that's that's the United Nations, that's, that's worldly convention, that's not in the realm of, of the religious or the spiritual, strictly speaking. Um, uh, scholars say that uh, um, the Buddha uh, considered wars of aggression utterly unethical. Um, of course, being an obvious expression of greed and or hostility. However, the state has to safeguard its citizens from aggressive enemy forces, and sometimes the need uh, arises for the state to resist unjustified aggression. And yet, uh, nothing in Buddhist sutras gives any support for the use of violence as a way to resolve conflict. 
But now let's get into more of the subtleties. Um, the Buddha, I did some, of course, did some reading before uh, giving this talk. Uh, the Buddha, scholars say, Buddha addressed himself as an individual to individuals. Even when he spoke to large groups, as he often did, he focused on individual responsibility. One, uh, one uh, Buddhist scholar said that the Buddha had no theory of, nor belief in, uh, supervening collective structures of society or government that could amend or replace the bedrock of individual choice. So, the governance of a state, uh, even in the, in the Buddhist time, presented a moral quandary. Uh, in one short sutra, this I found very interesting, one short sutra, the Buddha ponders this question. Is it possible to rule a country righteously? That is, without killing and instigating others to kill? without confiscating the property of others, without causing sorrow. So now we're, we're getting into uh, the middle of this, our, our involvement in Ukraine. But <laughs> we're on the edge of our seats waiting to see what the Buddha says about uh, what, how, a, uh, how to rule a country righteously when in the sutra Mara appears. Mara is the personification of, of uh, the devil. Um, he appears and begs the Buddha uh, to give up his monastic vocation in order to, to rule. Uh, and, then, and then that's it. Uh, the question is left hanging. No, it's 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 hard enough on an individual level to make uh, moral absolutes out of this matter of violence in the first precept. Um, what would that mean? What's it? What's a what's absolute moral purity with regard to? The first precept. Uh, no, more on that later. In my reading, uh, I was reminded that the sutras don't admit any moral justification for war. So if we if we took the sutras as moral absolutes, that is, if we took nonviolence as an ideal. War can never be morally justified, and by extension, uh, our military support for Ukraine uh, can't be morally justified. So how is the international community to deal with a nation, Russia, determined to impose its will by force? So, 
these specific situations, this one and uh, the, the other obvious one from the last century, the uh, Hitler's aggression, his annexation of, of other countries, uh, his invasion. Um, these, other than that, these things can be morally complex. We need, in other words, to negotiate between these claims of, of, of moral absolutism um, while curbing the tendency to act from self-interest. There it is, self-interest. And that, I, I think, is the key thing. Uh, it seems uh, I'm pretty comfortable, not entirely, but I'm pretty comfortable with continuing, our country continuing to support, giving military support to Ukraine, um, it, to the extent that it's it's largely not self-interest, it's not uh, for our own our own benefit more even more than other countries. That's the key, isn't it? Uh, I've given many Tay shows over the years on uh, the different. Uh, moral criteria, for, ways of interpreting the precepts. Uh, the strictest is, uh, from the Theravadan point of view, this is, this is uh, very close to a moral absolute. And I've, I've given the example of, real-life example of uh, one of our, our members who, while living in Burma, now Myanmar, uh, reported that uh, a, she and her husband had seen a rabid dog um, tearing into a playground, foaming at the mouth, and how she had uh, she had called the local police station, and um, they stood on their Buddhist principles and said, "No, killing is wrong. Period. Killing any life is wrong." And the dog, she said, the dog went on to uh, kill nine children. So, okay, that's, that's one extreme. Um, the Mahayana, of which Zen is a part, the Mahayana tradition, is to consider what is, in any situation, what is the, the greatest good for the greatest number. Or another way of putting it is, um, what would what would entail the most compassion? And who would argue that from that point of view they should have shot the dog? That would be a compassionate response and hence a morally um, correct one, skillful one. So what happens to our commitment to non-violence when the, the, the dreadful nature, the dreadful consequences of war seem necessary to, to deter 
a greater and more destructive evil. You know, there's um, there's a, a the original uh, Zen monastery in China that is the one that uh, Bodhidharma sat outside, sat in the hills outside the monastery. is is called Shaolin, and uh, there is this um, this distinction of Shaolin as the place where monks were trained in in um, martial arts uh, and um, according to one text I read that that their their premise for using their their martial arts was to do so only when the with the minimum necessary defensive force the minimum necessary defensive force It, it, it would seem from what we read uh, in, the, in, the, in the media that uh, that's what um, President Biden and his advisors are trying to do, trying to avoid um, poking the bear, the Russian bear, to the point where um, nuclear annihilation or even less, some, some wider war uh, would be provoked. So that makes sense. A war of uh, of um, defend defense rather than aggression. Well, speaking of the twentieth anniversary of our invasion of Iraq, that was certainly a a war of of aggression. I mean, we many many of us had good intentions saw good intentions behind that uh, based on these what claims these what proved to be false claims of weapons of mass destruction in the hands of Saddam Hussein but still it was uh, initiated by us many would say in order to same thing to it was a compassion behind it was compassion we wanted to liberate Iraq from Saddam Hussein. But this one in Ukraine is different. I think one person who had uh, quite an influence on, on my thinking about all this is Nicholas Kristof. He's a longtime columnist for the New York Times. Um, probably many of you know him from his uh, his highly principled positions on other moral issues, uh, trafficking of women, even pornography, where he pointed out the dark side uh, of, of pornography, the, the, the pornography industry. Uh, but I think no one has more, uh, more street cred than Nicholas Kristof in terms of really 
really getting involved, even on the ground, uh, to help all kinds of uh, oppressed people, women, uh, minorities, refugees. It's just a, 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 a career of compassion. And, and, and this is what one thing I found uh, that he said, I found this on the web, when one nation invades a neighbor and commits murder, pillage, and rape, traffics in children, pulverizes the electrical grid to make citizens freeze in the winter, in such a blizzard of likely war crimes, neutrality is not the high ground. It's, it's, it's hard for me to disagree with him. We can, we can cling to our, our um, principles of nonviolence as Buddhists, as noble Buddhists, uh, but I don't buy it in this case. He goes even further. Uh, he says, if anything, I'd like to see the Biden administration provide more weaponry to Ukraine. For the best way to end the war is to ensure that Putin finds the cost of it no longer worth paying. Yeah, I, I, that's my concern as well, that, uh, that um, month after month, Ukrainian Civilians and soldiers are dying. Ukraine goes on bleeding and bleeding. Um, whereas if, if we provided, the United States and other countries provided a stronger force, um, we'd have a better chance of ending all this. And then the counterpoint. Now we see now we see China uh, getting cozy with Russia. Just just this week, I read about that, and uh, it's not beyond beyond our imagination that this could lead if if China really goes full on in support of Russia. This could lead to. World War III. But who would suggest that Ukraine should have just rolled over without fighting? Or that we should have just watched from our safe uh, perch here, uh, protected by oceans on both sides? Who would who would argue now, with the wisdom of hindsight, that uh, more shouldn't have been done earlier uh, to hold back Hitler and his Nazis? Who would, who would argue that you should watch your wife or child be assaulted uh, because of your 
um, clinging to the moral absolute of nonviolence. It's just not, it just doesn't make sense. There's no, moral absolutes are, are an abstraction. Uh, that kind of purity uh, is an abstraction. We don't live in that world. We, we, we may aspire to, we may do our best to uphold this first precept of uh, not killing but cherishing all life. But look at these, these other considerations. Uh, is there anything more more complex than ethics? Is there anything more complex than ethics? Yeah, sometimes not. Sometimes it's clear what we should do, crystal clear. Uh, but reasonable, pe reasonable people can argue this, and uh, and I'm not certain that we're doing the best, especially if it, what's going on now, uh, we, in a year or three years, we find ourselves in World War III. What then? Uh, well, that's how I see things right now, at this point in time, and um, if it has helped at all with uh, the rest of you sorting through this, then perhaps it wasn't a, work, a waste of time, these uh, 20 minutes or so. Thanks for listening. Until next time.